Hey, everybody. I've got on the phone with me a very dear friend um, by the name of Mike. And Mike has a really unique situation in the fact that, you know, we all have relatives that need help at times. And whether it's a mother, it's a father, a cousin, an uncle, well, what if they all needed help within a very short period of time? In Between the Niches is where we talk about faith and family and finance and friends and real stories about life where our life cross-sections other parts of other people's lives. And today we're going to hear another great story about how someone lives their life in between the niches. Mike, if you don't mind, can you tell people about, you know, you know what you did for a living and when did you retire and, and then your full-time retirement became taken care of your family and even before. Can you tell, us, tell everybody that's listening a little bit about that? Well, I was a... Uh... Uh, shop manager of a heavy equipment shop, uh, 21 mechanics I took care of, and um, th- that all started uh, years ago. And I can't I can't really put all the years together, but sure, I started sure. having to take care of my mother. Uh, I moved her into I bought a house next to me so I could move her next to me, so she's living next to me, and um, I don't know, a few years down the road, five or six years down the road, my aunt, she was living in, which was my mom's sister, living in Missouri by herself. Uh, so I, and she fell over there and broke her hip and was over there by herself, nobody to take care of her. So I ended up uh, going over and taking care of her and cleaning her property up for her and mowing grass and taking care of that in between working. And, uh, and then you moved her up, in uh, with your mom eventually, right? Yeah, eventually I said we might as well just sell everything you have here and move you in with mom and and those two can I can take I can keep an eye on both of them next to me. And then ironically, and that's, and that's what I did. So. And ironically, right across the street from you lives who? Well, my at the my when my mom moved back from Colorado, she didn't much care for Colorado, so she moved back here. My dad stayed out in Colorado. My stepdad, and he. Uh, told me to find him a house here so it just so happened the guy across the street uh, lost his job and he moved to texas and i went over and asked the father about buying the house and he shot me a number and i called my dad and he said buy it and i'll just rent it from you i said <laughs> i don't really want any more rental property so right i, I uh, ended up buying it and uh, now he's living across the street from me but my mother and my aunt both have since passed uh, I ended up having to put my mother into a nursing home in 2010. She passed away, and then like two years later, my aunt had to go in the nursing home, and, and within six months, she passed away. So, so um, now you're still taking care of dad, though, pretty much on a daily basis, right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I take care of him. I go over and check on him at least one every day, if not every other day. So, and then not only that, you're also working with his finances, with his insurance, with everything of his day to day decisions. Correct. Yep, I take care of all of his um, doctor appointments. I take him to all those. I got he goes to Iowa City to a specialist because he's losing his eyesight. And uh, I was I was doing some of that when I was still working. Well, since I have retired four years ago, so um, he uh, I take him to all these doctor's appointments. Every once in a while, he has a cleaning person that comes in and helps him around the house and. If the appointments fall in the time that she's there, she will take him. But uh, I'm still taking care of all of his finances, um, all of his medical uh, bills, and so on and so forth. So right, I'm and, still taking care of him. So well, and we're and we're the story. I mean, that's to me that's interesting enough in itself because a lot of people uh, when they hear this, 
there's a lot of people taking care of one person, let alone three, but yours is kind of, you know, through time and episodes of life, it's down to one. Mm-hmm. But the story really gets interesting for me. Uh, and, you know, Mike and I have known each other for years. And so there's a real relationship here. So as things are developing in Mike's life, you know, he usually tells me about these things. Mike, where it got started to get interesting, but let's say even a little bit strange, uh, your cousin passed away. And that was in yeah. Yeah, that was in the Carolinas somewhere, correct? North Carolina, yeah. And then during that time, uh, tell everybody that's listening, you know, you start working with an attorney. Tell them how strange that got. Well, that attorney, um, I got an accountant called me out there saying that my cousin had X amount of dollars in a, in a 401k, and I hadn't even read to the attorney yet, but he uh, said that he was beneficiary on one of the policies, which today he denies, but uh, and that was the that, wait a minute, Mike. I want to back you up. So the attorney told you he was a beneficiary of one of the policies. No, no, no. The accountant. The accountant was a beneficiary of one of the policies, yeah. but now he denies that. Yep. Okay, sorry. Yeah, he denies saying that. But I had two people here. My dad and I both were sitting. It was a a phone conversation uh, through speakerphone, basically on my cell phone. So right. Um, and at least I spent countless hours back and forth to people in North Carolina, and I finally got a, a good attorney out there that set what I thought was a good attorney right. got me set up. Um, and I, I went out there and settled sign papers and where we could sell the house to get all that done. I cleaned out all the stuff that was left of my cousins and my cousin basically burnt in a fire. And, uh, when that ha- after that happened, I think everybody and her brother pilfered through his place. Cause it was, it was a mess. Really? Uh, there was receipts of stuff that he had bought over the years that wasn't there. And so somebody come in and cleaned his house out. One of them, mm-hmm. he had two Harleys. One of them was gone. Um, so I sold the other one and well, the attorney out there helped me sell it before I went out there, but well, I, the, I got all that done well, and, uh, and then I, I came home from that. But Well, the thing I'm going to revisit back just for a second is the fact that the accountant said he was a beneficiary. And everybody mm-hmm. out there listening needs to know if you're working with a professional, whether it's an attorney, an investment guy, and a, uh, an insurance person, if they're borrowing money from you or if they're a beneficiary of yours, something is really wrong and they're not supposed to do that. So, uh, so first he said he was on, on a beneficiary as a beneficiary. Now he starts backpedaling. And then the things with the attorney got a little bit strange, didn't they? After a while with that attorney yeah it took a while after after i left out there the attorney said this should be all settled within uh, three to four months maybe six months at the most well it drug out for a year and a half um and it wasn't until i got my attorney that i hired in california which is into a different story right um i hired her and she was the one that hounded the attorney in North Carolina to finally get the money. And it was uh, the money that I knew was out there. The The money we got didn't add up to what the money was out there, but I wasn't going to go back out and chase it. I wasn't going to argue with it. Uh, I'm sure there was attorney fees, court fees, and all kinds of fees out of it, but it was short from the number he told me from the get-go. And Mike, can you give a general amount about how much that money was short? About $30,000. Right. And Mike, the part that we haven't said is that when this person said it would be taken care of or the money would be settled and sent to you, 
this went on for, for months. Didn't he tell you time after time after time that, oh, the money's in the mail. That's oh, the yeah. way it should be there. Oh, he never did say it was in the mail, but he said it's it's in the work. It should be done by, call me Friday, call me Friday. Or, and this was on a Monday when I talked to him. Well, I'd call him Friday. Well, it's not quite there yet. Give me a call next Friday. And this went on for several months. And finally, he just got to the point where we wouldn't answer his phone. And so, and go ahead, I'm sorry. And then this the the stuff started with my uncle. I'm going into the third the yeah, last I'm, part of the story. And I'm I'm going to jump ahead uh, a little bit there. So then after this, um, this cousin that passed away was actually the son of this uncle that just passed away, your dad's mm-hmm, brother. Mm-hmm, and yeah. so as you're dealing with the thing in Carolina, you now have to go out to California, and that's where you got this other attorney that you're talking about. And that attorney contacted the Carolina attorney, and then things start getting done quicker because somebody was holding them accountable. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's what that's what motivated this guy to finally get things wrapped up out there. In fact, I sat in the attorney's office in California. She called the North Carolina attorney. She got an assistant. Didn't actually get the attorney, and this assistant said, "Well, that check's been ready for." a month. I says, it's sitting right out there on his desk. Why he hasn't got it in the mail, signed it off and done it. I don't know, but he says, I'll make something happen. So next thing we know, we got to check. So. And now another twist to your story, this California attorney that was so helpful to you, wasn't the first attorney you dealt with out there, was it? It was the second one, wasn't it? Because didn't your dad have right. a really the, unique experience? Yeah. You know, the second attorney is the one that got the results done. The first attorney was when my dad went out to visit my uncle because my uncle got put in the hospital. He's, his health started failing. Um, and my dad went out there and my dad and a, a neighbor attorney who knew my uncle went over and my dad and then this attorney went through my uncle's house and found envelopes with the uh, the Chase Bank envelopes, like you go to the bank and you get your money. Yep. Uh, and found them throughout the whole house. Um, didn't you say drawers? In, didn't you say in like the window sills? There was money sitting in the window sills, visible from the outside of the house. Um, that this money all throughout the house, and it ended up being uh, seventy-one thousand dollars in cash and hundred-dollar bills. And then your dad, and, who was out there and, trying to take care of this, and the attorneys helped him find mm-hmm. the money. Why don't you tell him about the really strange behavior of that attorney after that? Well, the strangest part of this whole, and I and I questioned my dad about it a dozen times when I got home. She had that money. They counted the money out, and she had it laying on the living room floor of my uncle's house. And uh, she literally laid down in that money and did snow angels in $71,000 in cash. Now. And you and I, and, and and I know your dad, and he's got a great heart, and he's he's a trusting person, so thank God you're in his life. Um, but, yeah, it's just shocking to hear that someone who's supposed to be a professional would do something as juvenile as that. Yeah, exactly. Well, after I got it, when I spent I spent most of my year of summer last year out in California taking care of my uncle's uh, stuff, but I tried when I was out there to find this woman because she was supposed to live right down there close to my uncle and she was no longer listed like she went out of business. So I don't, and I then, couldn't tell you what happened to her. But interesting though, after the snow angels and the cash was done, um, the attorney had a really great idea and gave that to your dad and your dad was okay with it. 
and she said, hey, let me, how, how did that, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but did she say, let me invest this money for you, or how did that, how did that work out? No, my dad, um, like you said, good, good heart, trusts everybody. Who else can you trust but an attorney? Uh, so he takes the money and he says, why don't you take this and put it in Reed's account or put it in Reed's name and we'll go from there because Reed and this attorney were friends. They were neighbors. They, she lived somewhere down in the court. Right. And uh, and what did she so end, end up doing? With... Money and I, and I, I, I really, unfortunately, I, I could have just about slapped my dad so for doing that. I said, Dad, you don't give money, that much money, to anybody that you don't know. I said, if you'd have been smart, you'd have been better off to get Gloria. There's a woman down there that used to help all the time and call me when something was going on with my uncle. And uh, you'd have been better off to get her to take you to the bank where he banks and deposit that money in his account. Right. And what did the attorney but decide to do with that money instead? She invested it. In whose name? In hers. And how long did it take you to get that money back? And did you get the full amount back? Uh, I'm not sure how long it took to get because I had uh, Gloria, the friend that I had working out there the, to watching my uncle. Before we go much further, I got to say that I was not power of attorney of my uncle at that present time. Right. His neighbor across the street was power of attorney. And so I had no control over a lot of things. But anyway, she would tell me what was going on. And then you ended up finding another attorney, which was the better attorney. And shortly after that, you were able, what, several months later, you were able to get the money back from that attorney that put yeah, it in her own I, name? I actually found that's where Gloria had sent a letter and made her letter for Reed because Reed was very mad about that money that she had. Reed knew he had money. He didn't know how much he had in his house, but he knew he had money there. So Gloria wrote that letter, and poor Reed, Reed signed it give the account numbers to the attorney, what bank to put it in. And I went back through all Reed's old bank accounts and found where that money had been put in the bank. And it was uh, $67,000. It was short, about $4,000. Right. So the point... Again, I wasn't going to go back and chase it. I wasn't going to go back and try it. I'm glad that he got that much money back. Right. And see, and the reason I'm sharing the story with everybody is that you know, we, we have to talk about, you know, what happens when we have diminished capacity. We Who are those people we're going to trust in our life? Who are the people that are your power of attorneys to make decisions for you? Again, if an attorney or a finance, or a professional in any, in, any, in any situation in life, whatever prefer, professional you're dealing with, attorney, banker, insurance person, investment person, if they take your money and put it in their name or if they ask you to borrow their your money, they are doing something really, really wrong. But it's amazing how many people fell victim to this because they just want to trust somebody. They want to know, well, this person mm-hmm. has this title. I guess I can trust them, and it's not accurate. Uh, Mike, do you mind uh, sharing with everybody? Because I know we're getting close to our time here. Do you mind sharing with everybody when you went to take care of your uncle's stuff in California? How much clean uh, quickly? How much cleaning out, and how much time did it take to go through everything to kind of get things? where you understood it and what he had. Oh my, I'm still trying to find stuff. Uh, my uncle was a hoarder. He had a two story house. 
uh, had paths made where you walk. You couldn't even get to the bed in the upstairs uh, high part of the house. Uh, boxes and papers, boxes and papers, and and I never went through some. He he saved everything from from back in the fifties when he started getting Christmas cards or there was Christmas cards from back in the fifties. Right. Um, his house needed work. Um, his living conditions were when he was living in that house was literally atrocious. The POA that was in charge of him at the time who lived across the street disappeared. Um, ended up finding out he was an alcoholic. He had drank himself basically to death to where all of his internal organs had quit. Fortunately for me, that's when I found the attorney out there, and I had already sent uh, a, a copy of the power of attorney that I had for basically for him and my cousin because my, my uncle had to sign it. So I sent it to that attorney out there, and she says, I will now be representing you are the one that is in charge of everything right now. But we're so talking I, a couple of your well, we're talking a couple of your process to go through this. Oh yeah. 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 It um I wasn't going to fly out there until I knew I had control of doing a, being able to do something because I didn't want to fly out to where you can't do that or you can't do that or you can't do that. Uh my uncle's got three properties sitting out there. The one he lived in, he had an apartment behind it that he rented out, and he's got two other properties he's renting. And I've been told that it could be in in uh, roughly in uh, worth $5 million because it's right in San Diego on the beach. Wow. So um, I'm, I've got to be leery of the people I deal with because I know people are wanting my property out there. They want pretty right. bad, so. Well, Mike, to wrap this up, could you give people in a couple words, uh, just if they're going through this or they have an elderly parent or they have an elderly family member, what kind of advice could you give them to not go through the experience um, that you've, what can make their life easier if you can give some advice and we'll wrap it up with that. Be careful who you trust. Number one. I mean, it's um, just don't, don't let somebody come in and tell you, get different opinions. Don't just go to one person. Just get some opinions from several other people. Get somebody that you know you can trust um, because I've seen people lose money and lose money, and I just uh, – I'm real cautious on what happens to mine. So. All right, man. And Ron and I have been, Ron and I have been friends for – we worked together back years ago, and uh, I trust him. So. All right. Well, Mike, thanks so much for your time. Enjoy your day doing your yard work. Thanks for taking a break to talk with us, and we'll be talking to you soon. All right. Thank you much, Ron. Thanks, buddy. Bye-bye. In Between the Niches is sponsored by Integrated Investment Systems, Inc., owned and operated by Ron Hoyle. Integrated Investments can be reached at phone number 309-361-7710 and on the web at www.iisinc.org where we talk about faith, family, finances, and just real situations in life that people get into.